episode 14 of Talent Jackie. You're listening to Talent Talkie Podcast, a show for job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers. Take this job, and here's your host, Sean Kelly. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Talent Jackie. I am indeed your host, Sean Kelly, and I provide guidance, insight into the world of talent acquisition for job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers to bring it all together in the end for a win-win-win situation. All right. So let's get into the topic. Now, I had considered, you know, pulling up an article, looking at some of the things that I wanted to talk about, my list of topics. And then I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to tell a story today. Sean, Uncle Sean, tell us a story. Okay. It starts off with a gentleman by the name, I'll call him John. Now, I had met John probably a year ago uh, through a mutual friend, was not employee-related, and a year goes by, same friend of mine says, hey, I've got an individual, a buddy of mine, who could use some advice about the job market and wondering if you could help him out. And I said, sure, absolutely. So I showed up, and it happened to be John, shook his hand again, said, yep, we've met before, good to see you. What's going on? And then he can, goes into his current situation. So now some of the details are a little fuzzy because it's been a little while since I've talked to John. I would say it's been, oh, well, actually right around the beginning of this podcast. Uh, so what was that? We're on 13, about 13 weeks ago maybe. So that's, well, about four months ago. So some of the details are going to be a little fuzzy and I apologize, but bear with me. So John goes into telling me, you know, where I, I ask him, where, what are you doing now? And he goes into his position and he's working in a temporary basis at an organization. And he was placed through a staffing firm. And I don't recall the specifics of the contract or the assignment. So I don't know when they talked to John, they said, hey, we've got a client that could certainly use somebody of your background and skills. And... It's going to be a three-month assignment, six-month, 12-month. I don't, I don't necessarily know. Regardless, the employer, right? So we have an employer, John, and the staffing firm. And the employer continued to keep John on, okay? So maybe the assignment was to be three months. They decided John's doing a great job. They could still use him, kept him on. So they just kept extending the assignment, which is not unusual, you know, and that's a good thing, right? They they kept him on versus letting him go. Now, the reason he was there, I don't know, okay? I don't know if there was a vacancy in a position and they weren't sure if they were going to need somebody full-time. I don't know if he was covering for a leave. Uh, I don't know if they wanted to try an individual out in the position before they made an, an offer for full-time employment. I'm not quite sure. Regardless, John's been there Let's longer term, we'll say 10 months. And now it's coming up on a year and he's kind of thinking, well, I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, fair enough. 
what is the situation with the employer? Or has the staffing firm informed you of the employer's intentions? Okay, sometimes the employer and the staffing firm talk on a weekly or monthly basis to make sure John's doing a good job and if there's anything that they need to address, maybe they need extra help and they can get another person over there, what have you. And uh, he didn't have a lot of information from the staffing firm at the time. Uh, and that can be good or bad, right? It's it's good because there was no bad news. There was nothing bad like your assignment's ending or you're not doing a good job, what have you. And when you're a contractor or a temporary, there are individuals that do that professionally. They like moving from one environment to the next. They like um, different challenges, different environments, different situations, working with different people. But when you're not a professional consultant, individual that does that quite often, there's a certain time that comes about where you kind of wonder, you know, I'd really like something more stable, right? Now, you may say, well, you know, there's nothing necessarily more or less stable in a temporary or contract position than even a full-time position. I mean, full-time positions, people can get let go, laid off, what have you, okay? But let's face it, in the industry, contract and temporary work is typically contract and temporary. There is usually an end to that project. And that end could be, we don't, we no longer need John. Or, you know, we love John. We do have a full-time need. And rather than pay, you know, a bill rate to a staffing firm, we'll just bring John on full-time. So we don't know exactly what, you know, so the feedback from the employer was that he was doing a great job and they had no complaints and to keep on doing what he was doing. John's perspective is, well, that's great, but I'd really like to work for your organization. The benefits are probably better. Uh, you, Though after 10 months, you do tend to end up be, being more intimate with the employer than if you're there for a couple of days, right? If you're there for a couple of days or a month, you really don't get to know people. You don't know how things work, the culture, even politics, after 10 months, you probably get a good idea, but still, you're you're still a third party. And, and it sounds bad, but it is kind of the nature of the beast. Uh, you're not one of the team. Now, there's a lot of organizations that do a great job at trying to alleviate that kind of schism that is there between the third-party contractor, temporary, and the staff at the organization. So, all right, moving on. So John, I said, you know, are they going to offer you a job? He's like, I don't know. They've talked about it uh, at different times, but it hasn't come to fruition yet. And I don't really want to keep, you know, he doesn't want to keep poking and poking and saying, hey, you know, I'm just kind of curious what's going on. Almost similar to, hey, I interviewed for a position and I haven't heard anything. What's going on? I haven't heard anything for a month. What's going on? What, you know, in two months, three months. So there is this kind of limbo, and I think that's where John was when, when we met. So I asked him, I said, can I see your resume just to get an idea of what you're doing, what background you're coming from, your experience and education. And so he said, sure, no problem. Had it on him, gave it to me. 
and he had a good, decent resume. So, you know, the, the employer that he was at currently, he didn't have a lot of, uh, quantitative information, uh, accomplishments, um, numbers, right. And I told him, Hey, you got to flesh that out a little bit. Even if you, you know, you've, you've talked about some of the processes that you've trimmed down in time, flesh that out a little bit and explain that, you know, if you took a process that was a typically an hour and now it's a half hour, that's a huge amount of time saved over time, right? I mean, if you're cutting your, you're cutting the process in half. So, you know, there's 2,080 hours of work days in a calendar year, typically, you know, that you're cutting down that process to a thousand hours. That's a huge savings to the organization. Make sure you put that on your resume. And his previous role was more quantitative. Great. He had a, he does have a master's degree and he did explain to me that the master's degree that he did get, uh, I believe at one of his employers, they actually helped with the tuition reimbursement. Now, I don't know if it was pay, paid in full, but they did spend a lot of money to his education. So he didn't have to pay a lot, if any, out of pocket. I don't recall, but that's great, right? Now, he didn't have any certifications, and I know in his his area that there are some certifications that he could get involved in, and he hadn't been offered that through an employer. And I said, well, have you ever looked into doing it yourself? He says, no, not really. And I said, well, that may be something you want to look into. And he said, well, it can get a little costly. And I said, well, look into it, find out what the cost is, but keep in mind, you have a master's degree that you didn't have to pay for in full. So there is money tied to that. So if you can say a master's degree, you know, I have no idea. It depends on what school you go to and what have you. But say, for example, a master's degree costs you $10,000, $20,000, and you had to pay a smidgen of that. Maybe you had to pay 25% of $20,000, Right, that's five thousand dollars that you actually had to pay for for a twenty thousand dollar return, right? In your education, in your you know development. So, you if you had to pay out of pocket, you would have to pay twenty. So you saved fifteen k. Now, if you go to a certification, and the certification maybe a class costs you a thousand dollars, and then you have to pay for an exam that costs you maybe a couple hundred, twelve hundred dollars, out of the 15,000, 20,000 that you would have had to pay. You see where I'm going with this? So I, I explained that to him and I said, you know, that may be something you want to pursue because your your return into your development is, you know, and the cost, the cost is low because you've already had somebody pick up your master's degree, take the money you've saved. And even if it's just a smidgen of a percentage, go and get a certification take some classes that relate to your actual position. He's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then I gave him some advice on networking and who to get in touch with. I actually knew somebody that was in his field and I said, I'll send your information over, sent it to him, a friend of mine personally. And he's a little bit more senior has been more in the, in that area, in that industry longer than John has been. And so I said, hey, I'm going to send it over to this guy. And I still think that you should network with network with this person. I'll send you his contact info and you guys can become connected. 
So I sent it to, over to another personal friend of mine. And I said, hey, I know this guy, John. Um, he's kind of got a similar background. You probably know more about what he does day to day than I would as a recruiter. So I want you to look at his background, forward it to anybody that you may know, and then you know, feel free to give me or him advice. And you can send it to me and I'll pass it along to him. However, he may reach out and connect with you. He's a really nice guy. If we ever get face-to-face, I'll introduce you to, right? So my friend comes back and says, you know, what I would do if I were him was to, you know, highlight more cross, cross-functional experience that he, because he's had to have had more cross-functional experience than he has on his resume because in his job, he's, he is doing that. So tell him to flesh that out a little bit more, which I gave him feedback on. And so John had revamped his resume even more and even told me, he sent me an email even like a month after we met. And he's like, Hey, I looked into this training. I'm already enrolled. It's going to be, you know, a two week course. And then I'm going to, you know, take the exam or what have you. I'm like, that's great. That's awesome. You know, at the same time I told him, you know, with your employer, now you can go one of two ways with your employer. Okay. And I say his employer, the employer, not the staffing firm, right? The place that he's working at, showing up, working eight to five every day, what have you. And I said, I would just, you know, maybe not pester them necessarily about a full-time position, but I don't think it's necessarily bad to ask them if, because at the time we met, there was talks of them opening a full-time position, but nothing, he hadn't heard anything from his direct manager. It was probably at a couple levels higher and they hadn't made a decision on what they've wanted to do. And there could be a number of different reasons. Maybe somebody's out, they're still addressing budget, seeing maybe at year end how the company came, you know, you know, based on their revenue for the year, who knows. But I said, I think you, I think it's not a bad thing to go to your manager, go through the proper channels. Don't, you know, skip any levels or anything, but to tell them, Hey, you know, I'm really, I really love the organization here. And I'm just curious if there's any intentions of maybe opening a job, which I would apply to. And I would love the opportunity to apply and potentially get that position. And of course the manager's like, you know, I really wish I could give you some more details. I really don't have anything, but yeah, I would, you know, I, I think the manager was on the level and saying, yeah, we would certainly appreciate you taking the opportunity to apply if it, you know, meets your background and experience, right? Kind of encouraging. And uh, so time went by and uh, I hadn't talked to John for quite some time. And he, now also with that advice, I told him, I said, now you can, you can do one of two things. You can either tell the employer like, hey, I really am looking for a full-time position. And if one isn't going to come to fruition, I may need to look for other opportunities. Keep in mind, I'm going to do the best job that I can while I'm here. I will give you ample notice. I will let the staffing firm know and everybody will be on the level and nothing. I'm not going to hide anything. Everybody's going to be looped in. You could do that or you could say, you know, express your interest in a role leave it at that and then do it on your own and still being, you know, still being professional in providing, you know, notice and keeping people in the loop. If you do get another opportunity, 
Okay. So the only difference is just coming out and saying you're going to look for an opportunity or doing it on your own. And then when it comes about putting your notice in and then leaving professionally. Because either way, so somebody that you might be asking, well, is there an advantage to doing one over the other? And that depends on the relationship that you have with that manager and what your current situation is. Because if you do let them know and the staffing firm know, hey, I'm going to be needing a full-time position. My my personal situation is changing. I really need the stability and know that I'm going to be at a company. You know, I know there's no guarantees, but I really am looking for this type of situation in my life professionally. And if you tell the employer that, they may just say, okay, well, he's just going to look. We should let him go. And he can he can go on his way. Now, not a lot do that, but that is something that you have to consider. You know, employers can get a little weird when you you outright say, I'm going to look for another position. I don't think this is a great arrangement, but I'm going to do whatever. You know, there's no... So it's kind of strange, right? We talk about it's all professional. Even when employers let people go, hey, it's nothing personal. It's all, it's just professional. It's the way of doing business. But at the same time, you divulge it on the professional level and then it's like, well, well, maybe we should just let him go. And then John doesn't have a job and a source of income day to day. Now he's kind of under the gun. And his market value is probably dipped a little bit because now he's not actually working Now he's unemployed and on the market and and actively pursuing other positions where if he's currently employed in some manner, he can be considered a passive candidate that's looking or kind of a hybrid because, you know, he's not unemployed, but he's still looking actively. So that is something that you are going to have to determine the best way. I would say 90% of the people out there take the second way, which is, Expressing interest in working for the organization, letting them, know, letting them know that you're very interested, that you're going to do everything professionally, blah, 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 leaving it at that, and then turning around, and then when they go home, looking for opportunities that are more full-time in nature, okay? And then when they get they go through the steps, and they get hired, and they get an offer, they go to the employer and the staffing firm in this case, and say, hey, I got to put in a two-week notice because I did get another opportunity, and I'm going to start at, you know, on this date. And some people, if you can give them more notice, great. Again, it all depends on your situation and what you're dealing with. So I gave him the advice, had him network with a friend of mine, told him to look into personal development, uh, professional development on the certification side, maybe taking another class that has to do with what he does day to day in his industry revamping his resume, connecting on LinkedIn with different connections and networking, even getting involved with any groups that are in the area and just letting them know who he is, what he does to network so that if an opportunity comes around, people know who he is and what he does. Okay. So I did get an email from John and, uh, I actually don't have it up in front of me at this point. Let me, uh, Let me pull it up in front of me. So I got an email today. And uh, he said, thank you for your help and suggestions. 
So we had a couple of emails back and forth. He said, I landed a position with an organization starting in a couple of weeks, actually a month. Lots of opportunity to grow in this position, including the opportunity to become bi or multilingual, which is pretty awesome, right? And I'm like, so I get that email and I'm like, that is so awesome. That's awesome. I love giving somebody advice and saying, hey, here's kind of the situation. Let me clear the cobwebs out in front of you because you're, you're, you know, they, when you're in that state of mind, you're really not sure what to do, what the best approach is. And it can be hard because you have lots of different influence. Um, you have maybe a significant other, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife. Um, you have, uh, you, you might have, you know, dependents like children. You have friends, family. You have a boss. You have a team that you're dealing with. And in John's case, you know, he also has a staffing firm that's relying on him, representing them well. Because when he's there on a temporary assignment, you do represent the staffing firm because when you're doing a great job, then the staffing firm looks good because they placed a great person at the organization. The organization thumbs up. They'll, they'll use them more often. Now, because we have a saying in the staffing industry where it's, you're as good as, you're only as good as your last placement, right? So if it's a bad placement and John didn't do a great job, then the staffing firm doesn't look that great. And the chances of that employer using that staffing firm as a vendor in the future may diminish. So when I, you know, when I sit down with individuals, I talk to them and even with, through this podcast and I'm giving advice and giving insight and some of those things, it is really truly to kind of open things up a little bit, right? Recruiters, open it up, open the vision, you know, open the tunnel vision a little bit more, get you a bigger picture of what you may or may not be able to do, what may be more effective. Job seekers, you know, I, there's a lot of noise. I, you know, I, I don't have time to really think really and understand what my options are because I, you know, I wake up, I got to go to work, I do my job, I go home, I've got family, you know, that rely on me. What, you know, what am I going to do? And so when I talk to them, I, you know, it's kind of like bringing them down a little bit, putting their nerves at ease and saying, here, let me ask you a few questions, figure out really what your situation is. Now, my advice to John may not work with everybody, but you may not be in the same situation as John. Okay. But again, sometimes you have to sit back and get some advice from somebody like a third party that can kind of clear the path away, right? Get rid of all the, so we're, we're thawing out here in the, the Wisconsin tundra, you know, and we have, you end up getting rocks and sticks and old snow things, all the snow mounds and drifts and, um, the piles are all melting and it leaves a bad residue behind and, you know, sidewalks are all, you know, got leaves and slop all over them. It takes a little while for all that stuff to dry and get out of your way so you can see the path in front of you. And you just need somebody to clear that open. And then you could see it for yourself and determine what way you want to go. How do you want to handle the situation? And you know what? Like I said, you know, I don't know John's manager. 
You know, that person could be a tyrant. They could be really understanding. You know, he may have a great relationship, uh, maybe very trustworthy, or maybe they're not very trustworthy. You know, something that John might confide with the manager goes straight up the ladder, you know, whatever it is, and then it may be held over John's head inadvertently, right? And John may not even know it. But John has to make that decision. You know, an individual like a recruiter or a confidant of yours, I mean, it could be a personal friend that offers you advice, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody with my background and experience. But I think if you, if you, and I think really what it comes down to is when I talk about networking online, in, in getting a couple recruiters in your network that you trust, that they understand your situation, they understand lots of different types of situations that they can't, that you can confide in, they can kind of brush that garbage aside and say, well, here's some things that you'll want to consider. Here are some of the paths that you may or may not want to travel. And some will be very clear. And some, you're not sure until you start stepping and walking down that path, right? Now, it doesn't necessarily, again, have to be a recruiter, but when it comes to the job market and employers and staffing firms, you know, a third party could come in handy in explaining some of the things that you'll want to consider as to not have you trip when you start going down whatever path you choose, right? It's kind of looking at the sidewalk and making sure, yeah, the 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 pavers are all level, and that you're not going to stub your toe and flat fall flat on your face. You don't want that to happen. You know, yeah, there you have it, and that's the story. It's not really fantastic. I don't. I mean, I think it's fantastic. It's not. You know, some of this may be, wow, Sean. I, you know, I didn't think it would. I didn't think the story was that. You know, it wasn't like fireworks and so, so awesome and so insightful. But to me, it was and is because it all comes back to, you know, this person working out. Now, the employer lost out on John. Now, the employer may or may not lost, maybe, maybe have lost out on John. Who knows? Maybe the employer is like, well, you know what? It worked out for the best because we just couldn't bring him on. We're happy that he found something more in line with what he wants to do and everything. And we just, I manager may be at a loss and say, geez, I really wish I could have hired him, but I didn't have any budget. So I want to say congratulations to John out there. If he's listening to this, he'll know who he is. He knows that his name's not John, but I think he'll know who I'm talking about. But I do, I do advise people to maybe get that second opinion, some guidance Let me know what you thought of this episode. It really was, you know, I really wanted to kind of convey a story this time around versus, well, here's the top 10. Here's top five things you should be doing and regurgitating that, you know, putting a little personal touch and insight into an actual relationship that I've had with an individual uh, professionally speaking. Yeah. So if you, if you enjoyed the format, let me know. Uh, let me know what kind of what your experience is. Let me know. Write me an email or a voicemail. Voicemail 608-616-0775. You can email me, sean at talentjockey.com. 
And let me know if you have an individual that you've entrusted um, to maybe help you navigate some of the job market out there and giving you professional advice um, that I did similar to, to John and, and what your outcome was. And sometimes it's not always roses, right? It doesn't always come together. Maybe maybe you're, you know, wow, it's been six months. Come on, you know, nothing's happening. I don't understand how, you know, maybe it takes longer. Um, situations are different for everybody. But again, I appreciate you listening to the show. Again, I'll, I'll pimp iTunes. Uh, if you write a review, great. That'd be awesome because that gets me added exposure and allows other people to find the show and then listen to these episodes. Again, you have a great day. Have a good one. I was I will see you. Yeah, I'll see you on the next episode, maybe. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it.